Thanks for tuning in. This is episode number 103. I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on this one. And uh, if this is your first time, I welcome you. Pray that the Lord speaks to you through it. Uh, if you've been with me on these episodes as we have went on, now just, I guess, a little, a bit over a year now, um, I hope that it's been a, a wonderful journey. I pray that the Lord speaks through it. And I appreciate him giving me the opportunity to sow his insight and wisdom and knowledge in throughout the world. So thank you again. Today we are going to be looking at Matthew 25. I actually had the opportunity last week to do a little devotional for when one of my daughters had a soccer tournament. And um, one of the other parents had a great idea to do a devotional on this Sunday morning before the games that we ran out to. Uh, we had two that day. And um, she had the idea of doing this. And, and it was an- very actually very interesting because I had been thinking about something along the same line. And so she asked about it before we left. And I was, thought, that you know, <laughs> what a fantastic coordination that the Lord put already in my heart. And so um, jumped at the opportunity for that. Um, this is, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, six, fifth and sixth grade uh, girls, so, uh, and their parents. So it was a great opportunity, and, uh, you know, I pray the Lord multiplied the word in all of our hearts. But what I spoke on was the parable of the talents. Um, this is found in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. So I'm just going to read those scriptures and then just kind of walk our way through some points that I touched on and and there's some additional things that I didn't really get the opportunity to say. Uh, so I feel like this would be a great way to do that. Again, this is Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Jesus is speaking, says, Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, You entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. 
His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers, so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I just ask that God would lead me in in the words that, that come out of my mouth, and that the hearers would be receptive to the word that the Spirit would do the work that only He can do. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So Jesus is is giving, um, it, this is often titled the parable of the talents. Now you may have heard in this particular reading, they use the, the words or the phrase bags of gold um, in probably the English Standard Version, New King James, King James, they probably all say talents. Now, this is an interesting word because when we hear the word talent, we're thinking immediately of like something like skills, abilities, um, inclinations, things that we're good at. Um, in, in the context of the writing, uh, remember that this is, was originally written in Greek, but a talent was actually a sum of money. So, again, I said, this is a parable. Well, what's a parable? A parable is, I don't like the, I don't like calling it a made-up story because I feel like it, it detracts from or draws from, maybe pulls away from some of the validity. Now, I mean, in all essence, it, you know, it, it very well could be a made-up story. Um, it also could, who's to say um, it's made up? Perhaps it, it did happen in, so, in some of these parables. But ne- nevertheless, it is a story. But it has a specific purpose, a point to learn. There's a lesson in it. So this is a parable, and this is what Jesus is speaking of. It's a parable. It's a story with a specific purpose and point, something that we are to draw from it. Now, I mentioned that this is a parable of the talents, and we said that a talent is a sum of money. So this story or parable is is being given. Remember, it's, it's being told by Jesus himself 
it's being said within the context of money or um, we might even be able to use the word assets. Now, there is a a specificity, uh, a specificness to this example. There's a specific financial component to this. But there is also a broader general uh, application in it as well. Now, more specifically, a talent, we said, is a sum of money. In fact, it's actually quite a large amount of money. A talent would have taken a person of that day, remember when this was written, it would have taken a person 20 years worth of working six days a week to earn a talent. So for this individual, this master, to be giving out this kind of money, this is a substantial amount of money. In fact, five talents would then therefore be a hundred years worth of working six days a week. And then similarly, two talents would be 40 years of working. One talent would be 20 years, we said, of work. Now, there, are, there is some variation on how we appraise these um, values today and what they would be equivalent to in our day. Um, but, but dollar amounts aside, just think of it from the perspective of that sum of money would take you 20 years worth of six days a week of labor. Um, so substantial amount of money we're talking about. Now, Jesus begins this section saying, again, it will be like a man. Well, what does he mean by that? What does that mean? And what's it? Because he says, again, it will be like a man. Now, we have to backstep a little bit to understand maybe what he's saying here about a, it will be. So we look at verse 1 in this chapter. It says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. So that says, at that time. Okay, so now we have another phrase introduced here that we should be then asking, what time? Well, we must backpedal a little further, and it, we find in the preceding chapter Matthew 24 if we look at verse 42 we see Jesus say therefore keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come so it tells us there and then as we could continue to read he Jesus is expanding on that idea so when we ask what time Remember he said, at that time, the kingdom of heaven? What time? The return of the Lord. Verse 42, keep watch because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. So we're talking here about the second coming. So this actually tells us then the setting or the context, if you will, of this parable. Because Jesus says, again, it will be like a man. What? will be like a man. 
the return of the Lord, the second coming of the Lord will be like a man going on a journey. So that's important to establish here. What are what are we talking about? Because in parables, we have things that are, are there's symbolism in it and things. We have to figure out what represents what in the story. And what are we talking about here? So I think that we established there um, the return of the Lord, the second coming of Christ. Now, a this is also important, I think, to establish. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants. Now, Again, we're talking about what what do things represent in this parable. Now, we often... So these are two phrases I want to kind of bring to the forefront. A man. And then another phrase, servants. Throughout the New Testament, we see, uh, especially in the Gospels, we see the phrase, son of man, this accentuates the humanity of Christ. Jesus himself is referred to countless times as the Son of Man. Now, in this parable, a man went off. And so, I think there's some undertones in there to capture that aspect. It would cause one, especially in that time, to, to maybe click back to son of man, that it would be reminiscent of that um, that language, that identifier. And the servants, this man went out and entrusted his servants. So what does this represent? This represents the servants, children of God. As children of God, we are servants of God. We we live to um, obey and and bring about or execute his desire on earth. So a man, we're talking about Jesus, we're, and servants, we're talking about uh, children of God. Now, you may be thinking ahead towards the end of this parable, and I, I know as I just as I talk about this, this comes to mind. The very end, and and we we see this this servant who hid the master's money, and the master was very displeased. And he takes the servant, judges him by his own words, and then executes judgment against him, and throws him, calls him a worthless servant throws him out into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That should be very sobering. That should make you squirm, for lack of a better word. It should cause you to scratch your head and want to to understand. It, it definitely does me. Um, I think sobering is a good word. Um... I think maybe Paul uh, speaks in one of his writings or possibly Peter about um, 
search, searching yourself to, to assess yourself, to know um, where in your faith you are. Um, I think that reading something like this should cause one to really um, not not a fo- not a focus on self, but but a but an assessment of where do I stand in relation to the God speaking and my obedience in um, doing that which he is commanding me. So without sitting there too long, that's sobering. We should consider it. I already spoke of the, the, the year's worth of work that it would take to get five talents, two talents, or one talent. Now, I want to notice, want you to notice that this master, he gave five to one, two to another, and one to the third. He actually gave varying amounts. He didn't give equal amounts. And notice what it says. He entrusted his wealth to them. And it says at the end of verse 15, he gave these sums of money each according to his ability. So God gave, God gave, uh, this master gave each servant according to his ability. So there is some variation. Uh, we may think, read that and go, well, that's not fair. Well, it's the master's money. He, do, he can do with it as he desires. But he also did it in accordance with their ability. We have different abilities. We have different levels of how how we can handle these things in which we are entrusted. And the master did so according to their ability. That is something to note. Now, another thing I want to point out is it tells us right there at the beginning, then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold or talents went at once and put his money to work that is important phrase he went at once this is something that we need to to greatly take to heart we do not hesitate for god this is an attitude this is a posture that we need not one of busyness but going at once this is to highlight do not hesitate for god in this story he this man went and put his money to work. This is a phrase that's important because to me, it, it, it reminds me, do not work for money, put your money to work. This is a an important frame of mind to have. Now, this is not to say we should not work so that we can get paid. That's not to say that there is a difference between um, working for money and and putting money to work, and this is a this is a mentality that we see here, specifically with this first one. Um, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So we see that that language, he went at once and he put his money to work. We see that language with the 
the person, the man who had five talents. That, um, that could be intentional because who is given the talent from the one who hadn't done nothing with it? The man with five. Now, as we have said, the man who had received one bag or one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. Now, he eventually will elaborate on that, but he's worried. He's fearful. And so, in response to his fear, he goes and does something that is, in fact, contrary to the desires of, of his master. So, we'll pay attention to, to that component of this story. But the thing I want to highlight next is the response of the master. What was it? Well done, good and faithful servant. He says that to the one with five and the one with two. Both of these men double what was given to them. But notice the master's response to both. Well done, good and faithful servant. His response was the same. Even though... The man with five now has ten. The man with two now has four. There's a big difference between the two as far as the sum of money that they have. However, the response was the same. And what does he say? You and, um, He says, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. So... The master identified what he had entrusted them with was something like only a few things. It was not inconsequential, but on the grand scheme of, of what the master's desire was, that was a very little thing. You know, our earthly understanding of, of what that is, a hundred years worth of working, that's a large thing. But he said, you... You are entrusted, you've been faithful with a few, now I will put you in charge of many. The response to both, despite the gap in the sum of what they produced, the master's pleasure was equal, their response was equal. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been, you've been faithful with a few, now you'll be in charge of uh, many things. So they were given different amounts. They both multiplied, doubled what they had. The master was equally pleased with them both. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't respond in this particular parable to what we have example-wise. There was no differing of you know his favor was greater with the one who went from five to ten than he was the one who went from two to four so equal pleasure when we read of the displeasure of the master with the one who buried his talent we read that you should have put my money on deposit with the banker so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. 
The master wanted a harvest. He did not want his original seed. When, when you plant a seed, your intention is not to get that seed back. It is to bring about a harvest. It is a multiplication. And that is exactly what the, the master wanted. That's exactly what God wants as well. He wants a multiplication of an investment. We're not talking just financially here. In fact, we're talking even broad, more broadly, a spiritual harvest. When, when we invest in, in a moment of time, there, there is a desire, I even say an expectation, that there will be a multiplication. This is the thing that we should have faith for. So, here specifically, yes, we're talking, there's a financial core to this. In fact, there's other scripture, you know, where we invest our money will actually, will actually bring to light the thing in which we value. Um, that's a, an overarching theme elsewhere, but it's, what we do with our finances are critical because they will, they reveal a truth about our hearts and they will reveal our treasure that we have in our heart. So yes, there's a financial core to this parable, but, but there is a broader, a broader sense. The master entrusted his wealth to them. Wealth is not just money. Wealth can have a broader sense uh, as well. And, and so, yes, uh, God, Jesus is teaching us here about finances and how we, and how we are to, to sow in the kingdom. But even more broadly, yes, there is an application here for gifts and the, ta- the English word talent that we understand, blessings, abilities, different types. God gives those in different types and different quantities. He doesn't all give it to us all the same. We're not clones of one another. And remember, this is in the context of his second coming. So when he comes again, he doesn't want you to just give him back what he gave you. He wants you to give it back to him multiplied and grown. So this is something that we should keep in mind when in our finances, in our giftings, in our talents, in the blessings and abilities that we have. We are to grow it and, and see it multiplied. Um, not that we strive to multiply it because it's God that brings the harvest. But we are to be faithful stewards. And immediately, remember the language, he went at once. So do not hesitate to put that thing in which God has blessed you with to work and, and expect a multiplication of it so that it can then be offered back to God. Notice that in this parable, the master did not, when he returned, this was given back to him. It wasn't something kept for themselves. They said, see, here is your five and I made you five more. Here's your 10. So anything that we have that is good and, and worthwhile is is something that we are to give back to God. It doesn't belong to us. It never belonged to us to begin with. It wasn't ours. And so we offer it back to God. 
And, and so we see that here in this. Now, what if that man was able to give, the one who buried his talent, what if he was able to give the master two instead of just one? Instead of just offering what he had given back, what would the master have said? Well, I think he would have said like he said to the others, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler or make you in charge of many things. So it's not about, it's not about the, the sum or the quantity. It's about, did you go at once? Did you not hesitate for God? Did you put the thing in which I gave you to work? And did you multiply it? So take what God has given you at once. Use it for him to give it back to him. So I pray that this was a um, insightful walk through this scripture here in Matthew. Um, I pray that God multiplies it in your heart and that you will at once put it to work and allow him to multiply it in our lives and bring a harvest. Um, and we will see him do great things through our willingness to obey and to be faithful to him. So until next time, God bless. I would trade a million lifetimes for a moment here with